What's up, Media Popcorn fam? It's your boy, Brandon Collins, and we have another Patriot Friday for you all. This one's on Ferris Bueller's Day Off with Patreon subscriber Lisa, who's been a longtime fan. So excited to have her on. And now remember, folks, when we have these guests on for Patriot Fridays, they don't always have the best audio equipment. Don't hold it against them. They don't have these sure microphones and this hot fire sound mixer. So it's all good. It's a really fun episode. And again, if you want to be considered to join us for a future Patriot Friday episode, go to patreon.com slash media popcorn. You can sign up for any of the tiers, $2, $5, $10, $15. And you will have an opportunity to submit yourself to be uh, considered for a future episode. Uh, all right. So without further ado, here's our bonus episode of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What's up, Little Biscuits and Sun-Dried Tomatoes? This is your boy, Eddie Collins. And today we have another Patriot Friday with a longtime supporter, Lisa from Australia. How you doing? And good morning. Good day. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> That's right, because it's uh, around 6.30 a.m. your time, right? Correct. Uh, I'm on the west coast of Australia, and uh, so we're 12 hours ahead of the east coast of the United States. Okay. Okay. So... You're, you're way ahead of us because I'm also on Pacific time. So you're like, you're like, yeah. So I'm like, what's that? 16 hours ahead mm-hmm. or something like that. Some ridiculous amount of time. Yep. And, and that's fine, Lisa, because, you know, I, I think you, you know, as a long time listener, you know that uh, your country uh, terrifies me. You have very, <laughs> very scary animals, um, animals that do not hesitate to kill people in various creative, <laughs> unique ways. Um, and the spiders, the spiders alone freak me out, you know? Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, we have these things, huntsman spiders, and they can be with the legs as big as your hand, but they're actually quite harmless. You have to worry about the little ones. Like we have this thing called a red back, which has a red back. Huh? That's why it's called. And they're poisonous, but the huntsmen are harmless. So describe the Huntsman. And folks, we will get to Ferris Bueller's day off. And Justin also just joined via his iPad. How you doing, homie? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Yeah, all right. Uh, if you're talking to the microphone, it just sounds like you're talking to your iPad. Just to let you know about your settings. It is. I'm just talking to my iPad because my computer's still uh, updating. Oh, okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> well, you know, we're just gonna. We're I'm going to switch over in a second. <laughs> all good. That's what she said. Um, but uh, no, I gotta keep it, keep it family friendly. Okay. But uh, before we get to Ferris Bueller, Lisa, um, what would you say is the biggest spider you have ever seen in Australia? I've seen a huntsman, which its body was probably as big as the palm of my hand. No, 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 no. I don't like this conversation. Well, I'd, I'd like to move on to somewhere else. Well, Justin, you know, you know it's, si- it's 6.30 a.m. In, in Lisa's country, and I just was curious about the, 
the world that she surrounds herself with because Australia just and there's just so much going on. Okay, do I have to worry more about spiders, snakes, or uh, kangaroos attacking me? Uh, none really. Uh, but most like the majority of snakes in Australia are poisonous, so you just don't want to deal with the snakes. So I, for background, I was born in America. And I moved to Australia about 30 years ago. Um, and, you know, I grew up in America and we had garden snakes. So I used to mm-hmm. play with snakes. And the, when I first got here, there was a snake in the house and everybody was freaking out. And I was like, oh, I'll just pick it up. And then they went, no, no, no. It's the most, it's one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. Because, um, yeah, if you see a snake, you stay away from it because it's either a constrictor or it's poisonous basically sweet lord i'm getting goose like, i'm getting like hot sweats and stuff it's i don't I'm, so just know if anybody doesn't realize that the things that i hate most in the world are snakes and spiders if it starts with an s i don't want it <laughs> so you, you come to australia right you come to australia you 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 stay in the urban areas and you're not going to deal with snakes and spiders so much okay okay well we'll, we'll keep that just in stay mind in the cities <laughs> maybe justin i would do a podcast from australia like there you go 20 years from now well, we got know. nothing to lose <laughs> <laughs> uh, but lisa how did you discover our podcast because you've been a fan for a long time um i think it was around end game I was, I, I, um, I just discovered podcasts and okay. I started listening to, um, different, uh, takes on movies and whatnot. And I discovered yours and I just thought you guys were hilarious. And I loved your take on things and your view on things. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, kind of became, I, then I went back and listened to some of the back, you know, previous episodes and whatnot. <laughs> and you stay with so us. I stayed the course. Wow. Okay. Endgame. I mean, that was a very enthusiastic review. So that was probably a nice, like, uh, you know, um, podcast to listen to, especially if you're a big fan of like that film series. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, what would you say is your favorite episode of our podcast? What's the one that you keep going back to? Um, I really like the Shang-Chi one. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know, like, there's a few, but it's just, it's, it's hard to, to pick. Um, I actually, I appreciate the ones where I discover new movies. Like, I hadn't even really heard of the one, The Trial of the Chicago Eight. Trial of Chicago Seven. Yep. Seven. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> um, and after this, uh, you know, you say, don't listen to this until you see, you know, kind of thing. But I, I, I don't mind spoilers. So I listen to podcasts where I haven't seen the episodes and whatnot necessarily or the movies. And I, you know, then I watched it and was amazed by it. And so just things like that, where like you're, you'll talk about a movie and I'll go, oh, okay. And so it, and you've also saved me uh, from, saved me a couple bucks when you've, created you, you say something's dog shit then i'm like oh, okay nice. <laughs> maybe i'll wait till it comes out on on streaming or something like that yeah i think that's the interesting thing about where we're at now and like uh in the, the world of like endless content on both in movie theaters and in streamers is that 
if you know if people that you like really take like their word for it like don't recommend something you could just be like, okay there's so many yeah. other things i can watch uh so i'm yeah i'm glad to hear that we've been saving you some um what's the currency in australia dollars uh, that's, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> the other <few> <laughs> well, we saved you a few bucks, a few dollars. Uh, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. We, as we say, it goes across several continents. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off, which came out in June 1986, just two weeks before I was born, which is wild. Um, wow, you're a youngin'. Uh, I guess, I guess. But what made you choose this movie, Lisa? Uh, because we haven't done it. It's su- actually surprising we haven't done it. It's such a yeah. Such a this class. is one of the movies that we should. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh shoot, we haven't done this film. It was kind of weird to me. Well, I was born in '71, so I'm a slightly older than you. And so when I was a teenager, it was John Hughes movies. Um, mm. You know, that's what you kind of grew up with. Uh, so it's, it's just got a special place in, uh, my memory. And I, I do have to admit, I I watched it again the other day. I was a bit worried because some of the John, like I loved Singsteen Candles when I was a Mm. kid and I still don't mind it, but like, you know, you watch it now and go, yep. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, Oh, it's a bit rapey or it's a bit, you know, whatever. So I was a bit concerned about this movie that i'd go into it and be like oh god i hope it still holds up and i i, I honestly think it does I, yeah i would agree with that like i was going to ask you about the where does this stand in like the john hughes like kind of filmography like with breakfast club uh what's the movie like um diner right was that one of them or say elmo's no, fire diners diners barry levinson uh, okay so say so elmo's fire right too. no uh no he did breakfast clubs 16, 16 candles, candles, pretty in pink. That's right, pretty in pink. Molly, Weird a lot of science, Molly Ringwald. Home Alone. Yep. Um, yeah. Because, like, you know, 16 Candles, re, uh, rewatched that about a year or two ago, and I definitely agree. I was like, whoa, there's some, there's <laughs> definitely some problematic elements. And also, like, semi-racist elements, too. Like, this is mm-hmm. this is a lot. Um, but this mm-hmm. does hold up pretty well, except for um, there's a few things, and we don't have to go down the rabbit hole, but obviously – the actor Jeffrey Jones and everything that came out about him, that was completely problematic, especially given how creepy his Dean character is in this movie, just breaking into students' houses. Like, I don't know why that dude thought he was a detective, but Mm. (laughs) that was creepy. That was a little creepy. And then just uh, Cameron Cameron, uh, is in an abusive relationship, not just with his father, but with with Ferris. Yeah. Yep. but have you seen the theories about that? There's a theory going on that it's kind of fight clubby, like the movie's actually fight clubby, and okay. that Ferris and Sloan don't actually exist, and that Cameron's home sick, being pissed off at his parents, and he like imagines everything. I mean, have you heard a, that theory? I have not. I didn't even know there were theories about Ferris Bueller. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, but. <laughs> I uh I mean that's that's far fetching I think because we we actually spend the least amount I would say besides Sloan with Cameron in regards to supporting characters so that's mm-hmm. uh that's interesting because we I think we spend more time with Ferris's sister doing her own thing than we do with Cameron and getting to know him because I will say I did write this down on my notes like this is the first movie I recall growing up that actually kind of touched on depression a little bit with Cameron 
You know, like he, mm-hmm. like, you know, he struggled to get out of bed. He just like wasn't, he wasn't ever like upbeat or anything. But then you realize that Ferris is kind of capitalizing on that and manipulating that. I mean, they have a joke about him slapping Cameron to make that phone call to the dean. I'm like, guys, this isn't. <laughs> that's not the move. But in the eighties, it's like, oh, this is comedy, right, guys? Well, I mean, but at the same time, you know, this is coming off the heels of the sixties, where a slap can fix any anything. So, like, uh, are we surprised? This is true. This is true. But it's interesting. I never like that part didn't even. But I think uh, going back to the uh, depression thing, I think um, this John Hughes movie. I, I find is a bit of an amalgamation of like his comedy and his teen angst drama. Like mm. it's got a bit of Breakfast Club with Cameron, but then it's also got a bit of Home Alone with the um, the dean and stuff. The right? dean yep. breaking into the house and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of is this whole, you know, it, it's it's a bit of everything that John Hughes did. I mean, I think it's also it, striking like lightning in a bottle in a way. Like um, I, I would say like Matthew Broderick has never been this charming, like ever mm. since. Like this is, this was it. Like, but this is also a star making role for him. And I've seen him on the producers and things like that. Like he's good, but he like, there's a reason why kind of like he has a lot of iconic moments that still are played in like film montages and things like that. He's just like incredibly charming, breaking the third, you know, the fourth wall and stuff. I mean, this is the first movie I recall also having a post-credit scene. Yeah. Like some of that goes through I, all the credits that cuts to black and then like it's a little bit more like all the way to like the lights coming up in the theater. Yeah. And I think that's probably why they had Mr. Rooney getting on the bus is so people would wait until the very end. Um, but you're boom, right. Boom. I don't remember any um, credit and ah. credit scenes before that. Yeah. Who did that song? Who did the music? Because that, oh. that iconic boom, boom. Yeah. Whoever did uh, the music for Doug, the TV show, definitely copied from that because all they do is <laughs> like. But it's interesting because that then that became the big um, song because I remember it was also in another movie with Michael J. Fox, uh, mm. "Secret of My Success." Like it, that that thing just was in every movie in the eighties after that for a while. <laughs> yeah, you be in the chat say yellow. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely one. That's, that's never heard. It. Yeah, that's a one-hit wonder if I ever heard one. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Oh, this also introduces to Ben Stein, right? With the Bueller, Bueller, like, cause he's actually like, he has yes. like, a degree in like economics and stuff like that. Like he's, just, they just had a riff, I think. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, during COVID. Uh, Josh Gad started doing this thing, uh, what do you call it, Together Apart or something like that, where he did reunions of all these different movies and he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And the Ben Stein was saying, yeah, he was a teacher and they just went in and he just made it up as he went because they just mm. said, can you teach an economics lesson on whatever it was at the Lorenz curve or something like that? And so he did. And it's iconic. I'm a school teacher and every now and then, I'll be like, does anybody know anyone, anyone? And then I'll go, Bueller, and none of the kids get it now. Oh none no, none of the kids. Get it. <laughs> I made a when I was a, a teacher, I made a Jay Z reference 
in 2011, and those kids roasted me like it was a Comedy Central special. <laughs> so I know you, Lisa, I know you struggled to get through that reference in the classroom. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I, I, but I, I've also referenced, you know, like I've said to the kids, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around, you might miss it. And again, the kids just go, oh, wow, that's pretty profound. I'm like, it's Bueller. See, I would just say like, I would just say, yeah, Monet said that. I would say something like, you know, I would just plagiarize the, the author of that quote. Um, Justin, did you, uh, did you ever, you know, play hooky? Like, you know, take a sick day from, from school like this? See, I didn't have parents that you wanted to be home with. <laughs> so I was going to school by any means necessary. I was one of those kids who didn't uh, miss uh, a day of school between kindergarten and uh, high school. Oh, wow. you, you were a perfect attendance dude. Yeah. Yeah, I was one of those kids. With a little paper the, on the stage, just with your little shirt of butt. <laughs> 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 perfect. Okay. Yeah, I never, I never like played sick, but I definitely played hooky mm. and like cover my bases and stuff. But it's hard too because like Justin and I've talked before about sometimes being the only black kid in our class, so it's kind of hard to go missing. You yeah, know, what they I look mean? For, they're looking for you <laughs> because sometimes they need you. Sometimes the teachers actually rely on you to be there. They're like, oh, no, Brandon's going to be able to talk about this. Oh no, <laughs> it's it's Black History Month, Brandon. Where are you? Um, <laughs> But my reparations I actually, day. Sorry. <laughs> it's my reparations day. <laughs> Lisa. Did, we actually did, skipped school once. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it, we went, uh, we, we wanted to go to a movie. We wanted to see, I think it was like Ruthless People or something, whatever that Bette Midler one was. Mm. Uh, so we went to the theater and uh, they wouldn't let us in because we weren't 18 and it was R. So we ended uh, yeah. up watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So we skipped school to watch a movie about kids skipping school. <laughs> uh, there could be worse movies that you could have seen, especially back then. Uh, but at least you got, well, did you ever get to see Ruthless, uh, the movie that you initially intended to see at some point? Yeah, I, I think I had to go with my parents to see that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember the day when uh, me and my friends used to sneak into uh, into the movies. And like we would sneak into the R movies. And like pray mm-hmm. like, but this is back when like ushers and people at the movie theater actually cared. Yeah, and so yeah. they took their jobs way too seriously. And we're like, those are teenagers. We're gonna kick them out. <laughs> it took me like six attempts to see American Pie. In the <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time, and then uh, you know I saw it, and I had, uh, thought it was a little overhyped. To be honest with you, I think after finally succeeding, I was like, oh, this wasn't as good as everyone thought told me it was gonna be. Yeah, I think uh, when we turned 18, we were really excited. And then we got to get in to see Showgirls. Oh. <laughs> and that was a waste of money, if ever there was one. I cannot imagine seeing Showgirls in the theater. <laughs> like, I feel like I would just be... <laughs> I feel like I would just be <laughs> you just got to keep looking at each other like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what, what are we watching? It's that... Do we get up and leave or do we just sit here and just make fun of the movie the whole time? You know, one of those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, I would like going back to Ferris Bueller, though. I think that it is it is a time capsule because it's very 80s in like a hmm. kind of almost like a, in a weird suburban way because they're in a suburb of Chicago, even though the third act is kind of in the city. Uh, and we'll talk about the the parade and 
those dudes yeah. taking the car in a little bit because they're doing something with that car story, which is very alarming. Um, but it is like a like a fun like high school kid. Like, can he get away with it? Because he has to do so many things in order to take yeah. this day off. But then, isn't this like his ninth absence? That's why the the it dean's is. coming after him, right? Yeah. So technically, yeah. he could be left behind uh, with all of these absences that he's been. Uh, that he's been well, all of the days off that he's been taking. But okay, Which also was a thing in my school too. Oh, really? Like you ha- you can max out your absences and get have to be held back. Yeah. So if your attendance wasn't there, they could technically you may not graduate. But if wow. your attendance is not is not good. Hmm. I'm so glad it wasn't like that at my school because I would have been screwed because my senior year I just took days off whenever I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I not, think, at, not at Catholic school. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's so interesting. I went to public school. Yeah, I went to an alternative high school, which was like before like the charter school. So that like that <laughs> makes sense as to why we didn't have like a strict policy on. Um, I mean, like it was like you had to pass your like your tests and like, you know, turn in like your final papers and have a passing grade. But like, yeah, like because some some kids, they had classes at other schools and sometimes some kids, had, like a few kids at my school had some chronic illnesses and stuff like that. Um, but for me, I just like to take long lunches. So I often missed like, uh, the, the period after lunch. Cause we had a uh, open campus lunch. We didn't have a cafeteria or nothing. So, you know, if I wanted to, I would just go all the way to Burger King, which is, you know, decent drive away, you know, take my time back, you know, um, I passed the classes. Yeah, I passed the I, dance I, I class. I didn't have that luxury. I didn't stop it, Brennan. I, that, <laughs> that's right. That was the class I had after the class I skipped. I was like, at least I'm making a dance class become Eddie. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, Lisa, do you do you have an idea when your students are are skipping out on you? Well, it, yeah. I mean, because I teach in a small country town, so it's pretty obvious when the kids are not there <laughs> because you're um, just down the street looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like, oh no. I, I, when I went to high school, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, which is just outside of Washington, DC. And mm-hmm. it's quite funny because a lot of people go, Oh, that's so unreal. Well, obviously there's a lot of unrealistic things about Ferris's day off, you know, like the parade and you know, that kind of stuff. Shake it but, up, baby. Um, but we, um, we used to on really nice days and I don't know whether or not we were inspired by a Ferris Bueller or whatever, but if it was a really nice day, I'd meet up with my friends before school. And then there was a Metro station just around the corner from our school. So we get on the Metro, go into DC and spend the day at the Smithsonian or spend the day going to the zoo or something like that. So you guys were intellectual. Yeah. We were nerdy skippers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, know I don't know whether or not that was Ferris Bueller inspired or not, but <laughs> see the kids I knew who cut class in high school, they were going to a sump and they, right. <laughs> and they were doing weird things. So I don't, I don't, don't want to know what that's about, but you know, you know what a sump is, right? Well, no, what is it? So like a sump is kind of like, uh, like the drainage area where like the sewer pipes and everything. Well, like uh, Pennywise is. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Why would you do that? So like, yeah. So the, like, you know, where the actual sewers come out, but like, bro, the sumps by me, they had like, you know, like there was history of the sump. Yeah. Because you there's an evil clown like, in there killing kids. <laughs> no, like, like in the sixties, 
like they used to do like the drag race uh, chicken uh, things there. So oh, there like yeah, like in Greece and stuff. Yeah, like an old burnt out vehicle that that went over uh, went over the side and crashed in there and, and things like that. So like everyone used to go to the sumps, you know, in the local area in their in their area, and they used to you know go out there, hang out, you know, you know, and do you know what teenagers do that they're not supposed to be doing. I'm not going to say because there are children who may be listening to this podcast <laughs> or young adults rather. <laughs> Everything you just said was completely insane. Um, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that in Michigan. All we did was like, uh, it was pretty harmless. We would just like, you know, do some stuff that teens aren't supposed to do and then like go get some popcorn chicken and boba tea. And then maybe go to an arcade. That's about it. Uh, Brandon, you went you went to the school from high school musical, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I really wish that high school was like that. And I felt bad, like, because, uh, you know, I, um, I used to teach, and I would teach middle school. And I, I, I was out of school, like, that was prior, like, you know, a lot of sheltered children. And I remember I played high school musical during, like, one, like, free period. And a kid came up to me. He was, uh, he was a fourth grader. And he said, is high school like that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, sadly not. Sadly not. I don't think high school's like Ferris Bueller either. I mean, <laughs> I never had, I mean, I'm glad I never had an attendance officer like Mr. Rooney. Otherwise I'd be screwed. Um, there are teachers like that. They're truancy officers though. They're not the Dean of students. Yeah. Because I thought when his, you had the time, his secretary grace was pretty funny. She, that actress, I don't know who she is. She played that doofus kind of airhead character in a lot of movies, though, didn't she? Yeah. That was like her thing. Yeah, but it's such a popular character that the secretary from a goofy movie, she's like that, too. Mm. She's like yeah. pretty much made in that image. I do have a question. So his sister's supposed to be older than him? Yes. Is she? Okay. But, I didn't know what, but which because way was up he's graduate Because he's supposed to be graduating. He's a senior. So how can she be older than him? She already graduated. But she's at the high school. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. yeah. No, remember, I don't think no, remember, she's at the school and everyone's saying, I'm sorry about Bueller. And then that one kid comes up and is like, oh, we're doing yeah, a fundraiser. And he has like the can. And then remember, yeah, she and says, she, uh, go like uh, run up a pole or something like that. Go piss up a flagpole. Yeah. And he, he say, uh, you heartless wench. It's like I wrote that down because I thought it was hilarious for a high school kid to say that. Yeah. So yeah, so I, that's the one thing that really confused me. If I mean, she could older, be older. Why is she? Could she be older? Like, because they're not twins. Oh wait, that's weird. Yeah, you can't have. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have two babies in less than a year. Well, you could. You could. <laughs> They're getting you busy. Could. Maybe maybe they were maybe they were uh, they're not actual brother and sister. They could be half brother and sister. Maybe she got held back as well. That's possible too. Oh yeah. Which is why maybe exactly. she resents him because, like, he gets away with everything. That could possibly. I, I just, when I was watching. That's an interesting question, though. I just kind of went, hang on a second. <laughs> if he's graduating, why is she still in school? She's older. Well, how come Paris is in danger of not graduating, but Cameron isn't? Because they allude that Cameron takes a lot of days off of school, too. Maybe because his are. Yeah, because it may yeah, maybe he has a legit reason, but Ferris is just taking just random days and he skips a lot. 
or it could all just be this is Ferris's, uh, sorry, Cameron's imagination, <laughs> like I said before. Yeah. And uh, therefore he can do that. Yeah. Because another argument for that whole, oh, Ferris is made up in Cameron's mind. And I didn't even really realize it until I watched it the other day was, you know, look at Ferris's parents. They're all, oh, we love you, son. You're so special, son. It's always we love you. We love you. Whereas That's the opposite Cameron's, of what he gets. Cameron's parents just don't even really exist. So maybe he's imagined this other person, his best friend, alternate personality, who's like everything he's not, including having the loving parents being brave enough to just go out into the world. And okay. that Sloan is actually real, but it's actually a girl that he's in love with, but he's never actually talked to. So, you know, what's crazy is, Alan Ruck, who plays Cameron. Um, by the way, this role was offered to Emilio Estevez, by the way, and he turned it down. Thank you to uh, UBF for the research on that. All right. um, you know, obviously, he, he's had like a, a good career pop because of succession, right? Mm. So I think there is a story there that you could do where essentially it's revealed that Cameron like made up the whole thing. And Alan Ruck is a decent enough, from my opinion, based on the work he did in succession, comedy like drama dr comedy drama actor i think you could pull that off it's just about the writing but apparently the project they're going with at paramount is the story about the guys that take the the ballets that take the car i don't right. know why we need a spinoff of that story for today but what have you but i think at uh, least that would be a really interesting like spiritual sequel if they could pull mm. that off or spoiler it turns out that cameron from fair State. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is actually Alan Ruck's character in succession. Oh, Connor. <laughs> because mm. it's actually Connor because he had these absent parents who were really rich. It could work. I mean, he's got that huge car. He says his dad's got a temper. It kind of could line up very, very it does. well. <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> that would be wild. I mean, man, succession. Talk about such a downer of a show. Holy moly. Ugh. Anyways, uh, Okay, so Matthew Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller is believable to an extent, but the thing is, I feel like he is so he looks so different than everybody in this movie, and I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say it's like because he has movie star quality, but he just kind of sticks out to me, especially for a white guy. And so I feel like everyone in town would be like, "Hey, isn't that Ferris Bueller?" If everyone knows that Ferris Bueller is sick, which they posit in this movie, mm. he should have been found everywhere he went. No, I mean, but they, he was wearing a disguise, Brandon. <laughs> he was wearing that hat, looking like Inspector Gadget, giving us a sh yeah. foreshadowing of where Matthew no. Broadway's career would go. <laughs> no, he's not Ferris Bueller. He's Abe Froman, the Sausage King. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so un unrealistic. I mean, not that anything about this movie is realistic, but that bit is but then i remember as a kid being like oh wow how clever to use the phone and run 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 oh maybe we could actually get away with something like that but uh i think i think that's the thing it's like i think john hughes does this a lot where like he makes the kids smarter than the adults oh yeah almost. it's like a uh, kevin williamson took from this shit that's why dawson's creek all those teenagers talk like those philosophers and the parents yeah. are just like duh, 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 i'm gonna have an affair um <laughs> that's the that's the plot of the first season of dawson's creek spoiler <laughs> 
we got to talk about Sloane, though, because the the way that they treat that character is kind of odd. Like, she's, like, Ferris's girlfriend, but also, like, is trying, like, they're trying to also make her, like, seem like she's independent. But, like, everything, Ferris just manipulates kind of everyone around him. He corrupts mm-hmm. everyone around him. But there's never any comeuppance about that. I think that's he why he really like, is a bad is guy, weird. isn't he? He is. Like yeah. he's actually the villain of the piece because he leads everybody else down this road of just naughtiness. I can't I can't think of the word <laughs> at the moment, but but he's he's a likable villain. So you don't most of them are. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, Ferris Bueller, Bueller excuse me, Bueller uh, <laughs> represents, uh, you know, that kid in high school who's, you know, the the kid that everybody loves that mm. like he's he's the prom king. He's a football guy. Mm. And like everybody kisses his butt. And, and you know, it just, you know, everything works out for him. So like that's the character. And, and he's a character that you hate that some people hate, but the majority love. So mm-hmm. like when I watch this movie, I remember, you know, as a kid watching this, I think to myself is just like, yeah, I like I don't want to like him, but I mm-hmm. do because there's all there was always that one kid in school who could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. He's the righteous. Oh, and it's dude. extremely frustrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know that kid's name in my head right now. I want to say it so bad, but I don't want to mm-hmm. get sued because <laughs> he's still doing good, too. I saw him on Facebook recently. Um but yeah, it, it is it is frustrating, but at the same time, like Lisa said, like he is a charming villain. And like he doesn't really do anything so nefarious that like it's warrant of like, you know, going to jail. What do you I say, mean the Justin? whole car thing was technically him. That's Cameron though. Cameron's taking the L for that. Yeah, yes. No, he's taking the L for it. But Ferris is the one that actually uh, seduced him <laughs> into making that happen. It's like he like, you know. Like Lisa said, he manipulated that whole entire thing to the point where Cameron was like, "Yeah, this sounds like a good idea." Cameron immediately uh, regretted it, and and Ferris is like, "Well, deal with it. It's done now." Mm. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like uh, that's Cam. That's kind of on Cameron, you know. I mean, like he didn't have to take the car, like he didn't have to have Ferris bully him into taking his dad's car. Yeah. Like he clearly Air had his own was like huge a, in the eighties, baby. <laughs> but he clearly had his own vendetta to like you know piss off his dad in some respect. Like he knew if at some way his dad would probably find out that he took the car. I mean, he definitely knows now since the, the you know the iconic scene with the car races through that glass. I still remember as a kid being like, "Oh snap!" Like that is not good. You know the crazy thing is, um, <clears throat> my garage is you know I have a cement garage. And which is unheard of, ridiculous. That means there's uh, a body under there. Possibly, possibly. And over top of the garage is the sunroom where I'm currently sitting right now. And technically, like these are, you know, windows are all around. I had a thought. It's like, what if we just put a car <laughs> in there? Like, because like it's very Ferris Bueller, like the space. Like, just take off the door back there and make it big. I could literally drive a car in here and like, a part of me wants to do it. I know Paula wouldn't be for it, but like a part of me wants to make that happen. She's like, you know, we could use the space for your sons who are growing every day. And you're like, nope, nope, gonna put the minivan in here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, and then like, see if it'll go through a window. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, the dad hopefully has insurance. It's going to get covered. It's all good because they could just, you know, chalk it up to an accident. Yeah. I mean, but also th- that that's ridiculous for him to put a place that car where he did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the dad's psychopath, which could also lead credence to Lisa's uh, suggestion that, you know, Cameron's actually Connor and changed his name for uh, <laughs> legal reasons. Probably because Ferris got him involved in some stuff. Ferris definitely... Like convinces Sloan at some point to like try to rob a bank, like he has no. it wrapped around his finger. No, Ferris is a is a hundred percent gonna get everyone involved in a Ponzi scheme in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Ferris is Bernie Madoff. He's a future <laughs> Bernie Madoff. That actually. So Ferris and Sloan are the next. Uh, what? Uh, oh God! Now I can't think of the name. Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Then maybe. Yeah. The funny thing was, the funny thing is, I dated a girl who who um who was uh her ex husband went to prison basically off of running some sort of scheme, and I found out, <laughs> you know, like earlier on, you know, in the relationship, and, I, and so then I was afraid because I was just like, wait a second, is she just trying to steal all of my money? And I had no money, but still, <laughs> so like I remember. You know, and of course, because I'm an idiot, I still went to her house. I still, <laughs> I, I I still um uh made uh, terrible decisions. Uh, but when I went, like I remember uh, dropping off my uh, identification in my car and leave it in the car, and only taking uh, like uh you know just money with me just in case, hiding my wheel my my uh, keys under a wheel, just so just in case she was trying, she was setting me up that I wasn't gonna lose it all. I, true story man i was in prison guy was in prison and apparently she was a part of it and he used her as like bait for these rich guys that, that they stole hundreds upon thousands of dollars from and you still went out with her listen man <laughs> <laughs> the heart <laughs> the heart i mean the remember is that what it was, was the heart danny ocean had right. julia roberts you know like you know love is blind Mm-hmm. Don't <laughs> let it take over your mind. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, show so stupid. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Grey, who played uh, Ferris's sister and Matthew Broderick, actually dated in real life. They became engaged after this movie. Really? Yep. And then, uh, you know, according to UBS research, tragically, approximately a year later, um, the couple was involved in a fatal crash in Northern Ireland. I heard about this, where the passengers of the other vehicle, a mother and daughter, died in the accident. And then didn't Matthew Broderick also kill someone with Sarah Jessica Parker in a car as well? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yubi, can you look into that? I feel like that's a thing that happened. Someone oh, taking the cars away from... He is dangerous around cars. Not yeah. Ferris Bueller, yeah. the Bar- Matthew Broderick. <laughs> they probably even had that scene as part of the script. <laughs> it just, just happened. To, they just had to improvise. Um, uh. But to uh, Lisa's point earlier about John Hughes kind of working out some teen angst, uh, John Hughes personally designed Ferris Bueller's bedroom, which mirrored mostly his own bedroom uh, when he was in high school. All right. Which which makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's probably why this, this in a strange way, feels like his most personal film, even though we don't really dig deep into these characters. Yeah. But, huh. That's, uh, yeah. Then you kind of wonder, so does that mean John Hughes had loving parents, or did he have... 
they've always seen more than Cameron. Ooh, that's that's a good question. I mean, I feel like John Hughes is probably closer to Cameron, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that Ferris, to, to your kind of, that supports this weird theory, maybe Ferris Bueller's who, like, you know, kind of like uh, amalgamation of what you and Justin both said, which is, this there's Ferris is based off this cool dude that he went to school with and who had the life that he wished he had. So he gets to, mm-hmm. like, kind of do both things. And that's why I feel like we never really go deep into Ferris's character and, like, what maybe trials and tribulations he goes through. Because the biggest trial he has in this movie is not getting caught so he doesn't have to repeat senior year in high school. But he didn't actually have to worry about that because he changed his absences from nine to two early on in the movie because he was channeling his war games character and Mm. was really good at hacking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess, you know, because the principal, you know, he was kind of on top of it. So, like, Mm. he knew that that wasn't the case. So he was coming for, you know, regardless. It's just a, you know, basically the principal is like, I'm going to, if I catch him in the act, then I can expel him. Right. Is he the principal, though? Or just the dean he's of students. He's the assistant principal, I believe. Because they call him the dean of students, and I was like, "Is if he's not even the principal, this is crazy." You know. So the dean of students in my school was actually our assistant principal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But his parents, Ferris Bueller's parents, are idiots. I mean, and I guess <laughs> that's the thing. Like when you do have parents in John Hughes movies, they're all idiots. Well, yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I mean, like, the opening scene when he's, you know, pretending to be sick, you're like, hey, Ferris, how you feeling? He's like, Papa? And I'm just like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, Papa? Is he Italian? What's happening here? Oh, okay. Oh, he uh, was just in the one Yeah, one you accident. did check confirm it. it was just the one accident with Jennifer Grey and Matthew Browick. I'm sorry I put that on you, Mr. Browick. I didn't mean to put more bodies on you. That's my bad. That's my bad, <laughs> guys. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was thinking about Jessica, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker because they just announced that Kim Cattrall is going to be in the new season of Sex and City or whatever. So, yeah, I just got thrown. Is up. she? Yeah, she's yeah. popping up at the end, apparently. Um, all right. Need to make that happen. Oh, yeah. They, they got to pay her all the money. Um, mm. By the way, th- take, talking about money, this had a budget of $5 million and made over $70 million. And it's played wow. on network television all the time. Like TBS plays this stuff all the time yeah somebody doesn't have to work anymore technically i mean john hughes i'm sure his estate like they're good for a a long time i mean even with the home alone remix people still go to the originals all the time yeah so would ferris bueller be john hughes's biggest money-making movie then that's definitely home alone or home alone 2 all right yeah home alone that's like one of the biggest like kids movies ever and they keep yeah, re- but based on budget, it. I was curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, on, on budget, Ooh, that's a yeah. good question. I think Home Alone one might have been the smallest budget, but I, right. I, I think it definitely was more than five mil. Let's see. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Home Alone had toys. Uh, to Yuya's point in the chat, Home Alone had toys attached to it. So the no. toys. Oh, so merchandise. Yeah, all the merchandising stuff. is always going to you know pump it up. Hmm. Yeah, because Ferris Bueller um, didn't really have anything except for that uh, leather uh, vest, and I don't think John Hughes got a piece of that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think uh, with Ferris Bueller, out of all the John Hughes movies, that's probably the most, in my mind anyway, the most quotable 
like there's a lot of good quotes from it you know even things like you know uh when he's talking about like uh yeah it's a piece of shit car but at least you have a car you know all that kind mm. of stuff so yeah i would say yeah it was only 15 mil if it's 15 mil for home alone which is three times the budget for this which makes sense mm. that you know this is a hit and so john hughes's budgets would keep going up that makes a lot of sense it probably peaked with home alone uh too but um i did like a. <laughs> I do like that they had a white woman say, uh, it was the sister who said, God bless the police. I was like, oh boy, yeah. that uh, doesn't age well. Um, and then that nurse rhyme, when they sent the the, the lady of the night with uh, those other actors for some reason to serve as Paris, yeah. I was like, what is going on? Like That's, oh, that's yes. an 80s like, thing that you don't see nothing no more. They don't do none of that. That um, that was probably, uh, you know, how I said, like, he has some Home Alone and some Breakfast Club. That was the weird science bit mm, <laughs> happening yeah. just in that. That was, yeah. I mean, that's to, to my point. I, I have an earlier note where I said the 80s had balls where I was like, you know, they're breaking down the different groups. And this is the secretary, I believe, to the dean who says, you know, you have the geeks, you have the sluts, you have the dick cards. I was like, yeah. Jesus, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like, when adults are talking like that in the film, like, Ugh. Well, I mean, you know, it's adults, so they can say whatever they want. It's just surprising to see it in like a, a teenage comedy, like where yeah, young but, young adults are seeing this, you know? Well, it's just the fact is that they're commenting on the children. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing that makes it a little bit like, guys, chill out. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, there, I, I, it's interesting because I mean, maybe it's different because I'm teaching in Australia, but there don't seem to be the clicks in the schools now that there were back then. Mm. I don't know whether or not that's just an Australian thing or whether or not, you oh, know, it's like that. See, I, I couldn't tell you, like, Justin, do you know any teenage, like, that, that was going to sound like a weird question, but. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 I'm R. Kelly, any, I know 19-year-olds. <laughs> any recent any recent relatives or ones that, like, went through high school? Because the ones that I know, they went to, like, alternative, like, art schools and stuff. So it wasn't really, like, the traditional high school setting. You know what I mean? So I can't speak to, in my, in, in my high school, like, situation, like, it wasn't really clicky because everyone was kind of, like, the weirdo from their old middle school that got funneled to this alternative school. So it's so, hard. Like my high school was actually pretty, it was very clicky. Uh, kind of, you know, to who were the clicks? Who were the groups? No, who were the groups and who were you a part of? Oh, I, I was everywhere. Mm-hmm. I was everywhere. Cause I played football. I was also doing weird stuff with <laughs> like, I was, you know, floating <laughs> around in between all the clicks. You were doing weird stuff, floating around and you've yet to say the clicks at the school and what your business was with and say clicks. Was some no, no. of that weird stuff at the sump? <laughs> well, Call if you know anything about Justin, I don't drink, don't smoke, or anything like that. So I wasn't doing any of the weird stuff that people were getting into, which which typically being a little bit inebriated would be a part of. <laughs> but so I wasn't a part and parcel to that. Uh, but, you know, you had, you know, kind of like the theater kids, the, um, it, you know, the jocks, you know, the popular uh, girls, it, it, you know, the kind of like the stoners, um, you know, so like the, the basically like my high school experience was very much like the 80s, early 90s high school experience because uh, it was like that. But that's also because I went to an affluent school. So mm. it was more 
you know, it was more in tune with what you were seeing on television and things like that. Um, I would say now, not, and a part of me is going to say it's like the internet as terrible as it is, I think the, the good part about it is that it brings people together and it brings more commonality uh, between uh, kids. So like they can actually bond on on certain things, which then brings those groups that meshes those groups a little bit more because in the past, you know, like you just didn't deal with these kinds of people, mm. you know? So like, I would say that's the case. And like, that's like kind of like one of the things that I learned, you know, like with some of the jobs I've had, you know, when people come in who are relatively young and being like their first jobs and, and such and such. And like, you know, me talking to them is just like, oh, okay. So like, that's just complete, it is completely different now. And I would say, and I, I'd a hundred percent say that it's probably the internet that, which is actually uh, making uh, the difference. Hmm. Hmm. It's bond on TikTok now. Yeah. <laughs> they all just funny, do TikTok like, dances. Funny and, you know, and, and such. And also, I would say, you know, more peop uh, people are far more tolerant of uh, different kinds of people. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, as we know, back in the day, it was a wild, wild west. And, mm. and you can say and do things which were completely out of pocket. And like. Like nobody really said anything. There was no checks and balances, uh, you know, built into the system. So speaking of that, I think that's kind of reflected in the films like, you know, I mean, let's talk representation or lack thereof in mm -hmm. some of these films. I mean, yes, we do get um, the parade scene is the only scene that I can think of where there's dancing black sort of <laughs> <laughs> there's a few black people there. The, the, the black people dancing for their yeah um, and then they see him dancing yeah. they're like yeah that's that he, i want to dance like that i'm like no you don't yeah, <laughs> What's, no, you what don't. kind of reverse history is this and and the little uh uh little african-american kid at the end holding his ears like oh my god i thought that was you know kind of uh <laughs> he was saying it all yeah there's some weird but, stuff, but that's John Hughes, though. He his representation's very, very light, sparse. <laughs> Was now so just out of curiosity. I mean, now I'm thinking of this is going to be. I don't know if you guys want, do see any Kevin Smith stuff, but um, it is a Jay and Silent Bob kind of reference. Was Ferris Bueller in Sherman, Illinois, as well? Do we know? I just it's just thinking because like I. I don't know if you ever seen Dogma, but they talk about mm -hmm. Sherman, Illinois, and you know it's just the white the white suburbs where kids just smoke weed. Um, if I if I I was just curious. If I had to guess, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I could see Ferris Bueller being a big influence on Kevin Smith's uh, comedy sensibility and stuff like that, and you know, mm -hmm. in certain respects. Um, yeah, I uh, I mean, I know people that grew up in the suburbs of Illinois, but. This had to be really close to the city because how long did it take them to get into the city from where they were? Like only like a, less than an hour, so I imagine. That was a really long school day. Also, if they actually did everything oh, yeah. that yeah. they yeah. did within a school day, they're going to school from like eight in the morning till five at night. Which is insane, especially for your senior year. I was out of school most days senior year, like two thirty. Hmm. Well, I mean, didn't school just end at two thirty? 
No, no. So uh, some classes would go like an extra hour or two. Like most most students would end their days around high school around four o'clock or so. Oh wow! Well, well, yeah. Not from wow. Yeah, my yeah, classes we usually like start around nine thirty to forty five, maybe. Oh really? Forty five, depending. Yeah, yeah. We were we were out of there. And then, like, wait, you didn't start school till nine, Brandon? Sorry, yeah, because the alternative school that's the thing I just remembered that might have been a difference with Justin's school is that uh, our school had a connection with the University of Michigan, so there was a lot of like also college classes you could take. Um, but mine happened like the one college class I took was like in the middle of the day, it was like at noon, so I never had to stay later, but some people had to stay later or had to go to the other school for another class or something. Yeah, mine had the same thing. Like uh, ours, you know, our some of our classes would be, you know, our, our college level uh, classes. I yeah, mean, but that's you know, just weird. They had college students teaching the classes. They were probably hungover. They're like, I'm not going to teach Wait, any earlier. Than students four. teaching classes? Oh yeah, yeah. My like, man, I had this TA dude who was teaching us about. It was this white guy teaching us about um, police discrimination and like the jail system, <laughs> and like we would sit in a circle outside. That's like our lecture hall, and oh, no. yeah, and we would write journals about how we felt about criminal injustice and stuff it was bonkers and it was like this young 20 year old dude i was the only black guy in the class and of course he hated me of course it was insane because <laughs> you got to keep the prejudice going <laughs> i just got so upset thinking about, i like i blocked out that class I'm yeah so, no yeah. uh art so like again i went to catholic school so like a lot of the college level courses were taught by uh franciscan brothers uh, okay. and those guys were hardcore <laughs> <laughs> it was called Domestifying the Prisons. That's the name of that class. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a whole bunch of issues. We didn't domestify anything except my GPA. That's all we domestified. <laughs> hey, folks, before we get to our thoughts on Ferris Bueller's Day Off, we did get some Patriot thoughts. And remember, if you sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash medium popcorn, you get to have your thoughts read on a future episode. So first up is Sean T., who wrote, I love this movie so much as a kid. I even watched a short-lived TV series. Holy shit. I didn't even know that existed until we got into the trivia of this movie. So good for you, Sean. Then Cleo Banks wrote, love this movie so much and watched it all the time as a kid. So many classic lines from this almost feel like inside jokes these days. I still want Ferris's leather leopard vest laugh emoji. Don't we all? All right, y'all. Back to the episode. Medium popcorn. Uh, but, uh, Justin, break down our raise system, baby. Stop calling me baby. So I'm uh, never going to stop we, doing it. Just stop saying it. You, but you should try. You should try. Strive for a success. So we uh, we rate movies, bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL40 exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So, Lisa, we sat down and watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a 1986 teen comedy film starring Matthew Broderick, Mia Sarah, Alan Ruck, uh, Jennifer Gray, Jeffrey Jones, Cindy Pickett, uh, Eddie McClurg, and uh, uh, Lyman Ward. And we're not going to talk about the other guy. So what say you? Ah. It's funny. Like, I knew I was coming on and, like, I didn't even think about what my rating would be for this. Um, Ah. I'd have to, I mean... It holds up quite well. I, I got to admit, mm. like, I probably, there's the nostalgia factor of it and it being a part of my, well, not childhood, but like teenhood, um, adolescence. I'd, I'd probably give it like 
somewhere between a medium and a large. So I guess like a mm. medium with extra butter oh. and maybe some cheese on top. Cheese. <laughs> What kind, what kind of cheese are you talking about? Cheese in your popcorn. Okay, like, you know, different. like, not not like cheese, like grated cheese, but you know, like the cheese powder that you can put on popcorn. No? Uh, uh, yeah, I've had the, you, you, you like the gourmet stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say, because that's like All a, right, so like a medium gourmet. <laughs> a medium okay, gourmet. Okay, I respect it. I respect it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this gets a, this is going to get a large for me. This is going to get a large. It holds up, like Lisa said, it holds up very well. Um, it's incredibly charming. I'll give it that, even though Ferris is the villain of the story. Um, I actually had forgotten about uh, Mia Sarah, who plays um, Sloane. I forgot like how cute that actress was. Uh, back in the 80s, man, I was a sucker for some of these actresses in these movies. Um, but yeah, it, like it's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's quick, and it's actually, I think surpri- what surprises me the most is that I watched the whole thing. Like Even when you get to the, like, the comedy beat with the principal... Or Dean, students, whatever his role is, going up to the school bus, and then like he sits next to the the creepy girl with the warm <laughs> and, gummy bears, yeah, and then he looks up and like you know, there's all the like the the signage that talks about how much they they hate him and stuff like that, and he's all jacked up from the dog bite, and then it goes to the end of the credits, and then you have the Matthew Broderick like get out of here. I'm like, oh, this is like there's there's so many classic moments in this movie. That I feel like even Justin's sons are gonna know about this movie. My kids are gonna know about this movie. It's mm-hmm. so wild, like how it keeps going. Um, and I really hope they don't remake it. This is one of those movies they really shouldn't make a reboot or even like explore the fun sequel that we brainstormed earlier. Like they should just let this be. Like stop, stop tapping into IP that's just like a one and done thing that's just good on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, what's your rating, Macho Man? Uh, first of all, uh, too bad they are going to remake this. It, it's too big. It's too. Uh, they tried to do a TV classic. show apparently, which I had no idea about. Yeah, they, I they, saw that in the comments. It. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to do it, and you know it's going to suck. Uh, but you know that's just the way the industry goes. Um, like Celine Dion said, that's just the way it is. Okay. We're, we're not um, Celine so- fans here. Was- <laughs> She's had a story career. You guys just gonna stare at me? And they're saying that she may uh, be retired. Oh, she, she yeah. Has- I thought yeah. she was done for a long time. I was surprised she was gonna go on tour. Oh again. no, she, she had to cancel her tours just recently because of her like like a temporary paralysis or something like that. Yes, it's a weird thing. But uh, you know, well wishes to Celine Dion, and that's the way it is. Anyhow, dude. Um, in the morning, man, I used to watch that music video, and she had she's like, "Yeah, that was such a fun, feel good song." Man, I missed that. What, Celine? Where are you at? Anyhow, anyhow, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, this film is ridiculous, but it's like fun ridiculous. It's one of those films that like. Anytime it's on television, I watch it and I always end up having a fun time, regardless of how out of out of control and bonkers uh, this thing is. Because if you really, really pay attention to this film, it's absolutely cuckoo bananas, Mm. but it's cuckoo bananas in all the right ways. Uh, So I'm going to give it a large. Um, It's just one of those. It's just one of those classics that they're going to remake and destroy. And uh, when they update it, it's going to be you know, high school students uh, doing things and they're trying to update it to today and it's not going to work because, you know, the world has changed. So mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller would not get away with the things that he does. And they're just well, going to tap social media into it. Yeah. Everybody would capture him on their cell phones anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's also going to be Bueller back in the first Bueller in a new movie would be um would be probably be some techie kid who's able who, who's that, who's learned a way to you know get past the to, system. Or to Justin's like point, that's the what I dread is like they would someone's going to come in with a, a good enough pitch to a studio to do the reboot of Ferris Bueller using technology. It's just someone has to figure out how to make it work for the comedy, and they can they can do that absolutely. If they really wanted to do it. They could use Matthew, uh, Matthew Broderick uh, as currently uh, today, and it's just a, him doing the same thing, but but skipping out on work. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be a fun. Like that'd be more yeah, of so, like a fun commercial than I think a full length movie. You know what I mean? Like you know how they do the Super Bowl <laughs> commercials? They're kind of like <laughs> weird sequels to to stuff. Yeah, um, like yeah, like I yeah, think that'd that. Be fun that would be the best way for them to reboot this franchise. Well, not re- reboot it, uh, but, but to, you know, give us something new and fresh uh, that people would be in for. It's just like, oh, we're catching up with um, uh, Ferris Bueller almost 40 years later, and he's still, he's still the same guy. That would work. It's kind of like that Macaulay Culkin in the car talking about oh, yeah, yeah. his <laughs> childhood in home. Yeah. You know, some, some little short like that. That would work. Yeah, it'd just be weird when they talk about how Cameron's in an insane asylum. <laughs> because that's how they used to deal with people with mental health issues back in the 80s and before that. They used to just... Or, or, or his dad just basically beat him to death. You never heard anything from him again. Because, well, like, like so, a dad like that, like, and you just wrecked his car. I mean, that is go. true. We never do fully... We don't even get a voiceover about, like, what happens to Cameron. So it is true that this could be the last day of Cameron's life. Uh, Lisa, please tell our listeners um, if they, you know, if you're open to it, how they could follow you or, you know, anything. Uh, I don't get on the uh, Car Guys website as often as I used to, but uh, if you are on Twitter, I'm at Strawfire and you'll find me uh, trolling Scientologists and Marjorie Taylor Greene, basically. All right, as it should be. Folks, you know you can follow me at American Collins, AmericanCollins.com on all the social media platforms. You can follow the show at Medium P Podcast, also on those same platforms. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash media popcorn so you get alerted about all future videos like this one, as well as celebrity interviews. And Justin, people want to support the show financially as well as follow you, my brother. What can they do? Guys, you can follow me at J Brown Did It on socials, but you can also support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10, $15 packages uh, on there. So if you love the show and you want more, you want our backlog of episodes, you want bonus episodes, you want the mini episodes, it's all on Patreon. And be sure to leave us a voicemail, 347-508-0978. That's right. Clap your hands, stomp your feet. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you've been a long, long time fan, and we appreciate all the support uh, and positive advice you've sent and the voice notes you've left us as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And Absolutely. for all your children in your classroom, do your homework. Do your and, homework. And don't skip school. <laughs> don't, don't end up like no, Justin No, never. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll end up like Brandon because I didn't skip school. So you can you can be like me. (laughs) (laughs) That was always like, please be like me. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.
Popcorn, Woo! you haven't seen it where well, we're going.